Hello. Thanks for being on with me, whether you are on live or catching up later, which uh, I know today there's going to be a lot of people that would normally be on live that are going to be catching up. Uh, so I look forward to hearing your comments and, and, and reading those later. Uh, we are going to continue on today with uh, talking about the, the word for 2023. And I, I'm going to do my best to make sure I get some of this stuff uh, in the comments so you can reference it here and uh, be able to go through that with me. And so here's a link to that uh, on our website. And uh, you can can get on there and check this out. Uh, I, I'm going to be going through, uh, it's the last three paragraphs uh, on the, I think it's page two, because uh, the first page is some um, scripture. And uh, so I want to go through these, but I, I want to keep in mind that we're, we're pulling out some key things here. The first one being, what is God saying that he is doing? Uh, th this is something that's very important that when you're receiving prophetic words that you're able to identify what it is that God's doing specifically. And then uh, also pulling out um, what is it that you are, are doing to partner in, in action with this word. Uh, there are things that God may command you to do uh, in there or, or, or say, you know, this is this is your piece of it. This is where you can partner with this. But there's going to be some other things that you're able to pull out and, and start to look at and say, OK, I can also partner in this manner as well and and go on there. And and the third thing we're looking at is uh, fulfillment. What does it look like when this is fulfilled? Uh, we want to be able to to point to something to say this is finished and we can start looking to receive the next thing that he's going to say. We want to be able to to steward well what it is that God is releasing over us and what it is that he's saying to us. And and to do that, we need to be able to pull these things out and pull out some different things here. And. And in this sense, we are are looking and thinking collectively as <clears throat> excuse me, as the body of Christ, as his bride. Uh, that, that's what. I want us to be focused on here is is the oneness that that brings us all together in this word and not be sucked into uh, the vacuum of an individualistic thinking where it's just about our own little stovepipe world and there is no effect to the people around us. This is something that we have to really understand is that the actions we take or don't take have an effect throughout the body of Christ. And uh, there, there is a, a, a ripple effect to that. And sometimes it's, it's big, bigger waves than just simple ripples that go out. But there is an effect there. And so we have to understand that uh, not showing up in fullness has an effect where, where you may think, oh, I'm just sitting back and being quiet, not, not thinking you're interrupting or, or adding anything to a conversation or uh, whatever, whatever the the uh, the thing is that you're at that you've showed up at, there's an effect there. There's an effect that we're missing out on what it is that you're carrying into the space. What the gifts that God has given you, the gift that you are to the rest of us to sharpen us to bring a, a, a revelation that you carry 
that we can all benefit from. And, and the opposite is true. When you do show up in fullness, we receive all of that. We get to we get to to grow and, and be better. And and, and uh, like we talked about before, you know, Angie taught about getting your your house in order, uh, getting your your spiritual house in order. Well, in this case, uh, when you're showing up in fullness, we're getting the body in shape, right? It, it's the same same concept of getting your house in order is getting the body in shape and, and making sure that that uh, we're strong and we're, we're connected well. And so uh, this is one of the things I want us to keep in mind is oneness this morning, the union we share, whatever the language is that you, you would normally use. Uh, in regards to that at unedited life, we, we love the word oneness. And that's been one of our things uh, from the very beginning is that you are invited into oneness. And uh, so that's something I want you to keep in mind as we go through this this morning. So I'm going to read through these three paragraphs and then I want to go back through and break them down. Looking at those three things we talked about a minute ago, what's God doing? How are we partnering with him, partnering with the word, through our actions, and then what does fulfillment look like? Because there's each of these things are, are uh, scattered throughout here, and I want us to be able to start picking those out. So when when you receive a word in the future, you can partner with it well, and you can focus on it, and and know that I can say, okay, this thing is finished now, and I can see the fulfillment of it. I can point to it. I can describe it. Uh, I can lay it out before someone. And and know that it's it's finished and and we can move on and and you can move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so let's go ahead and read through this. It says, "I am after my family. I am uncovering ties to deception, freeing my people to commune deeply, authentically. Great courage will come upon you to look beyond the surface. I'm uncovering bonds, trappings, and vices." It's a transparent season, so swallow up your garments. I am bonding my body, not over just anything, over life abundantly, over great grace, justice, and truth. Hold the line of conviction, break the back of tolerance, and continue to echo no compromise. It is then that I will begin to shape and mold family life like you've never known. You will be known as a phenomenon as you step into my commons. Signs, wonders, and miracles will accompany great grace. The measure will be known in no needs among you. None. Understand what I'm getting at. There won't be any issues of health, wealth, hunger. All will be satisfied. This is what I'm setting up. Yours is to hold the line of no compromise and continue to feed the fire. Consider the cost. You must keep pace. Think of a wildfire consuming decades of deceptions, insulating weeds, overgrown sentimentality that I didn't author. It's a blazing fire swallowing up all that doesn't live up to the standard of my righteousness revealed in this day. Keep pace. You will look and see desert life, but look again. A second glance to see great provision. Each intentional step of obedience leaving a wake of glory power, an oasis for creative life to flourish. You will be consumed with zeal for my house, my way. Don't fret the mistakes. There will be plenty of those. I will be with you to turn you around, setting your feet on higher ground. Family revival. 
hearts turn back to me in deep reverence and lasting devotion. The least of these, the worst off, will hear my knocking and let me in. I am releasing a healing balm over families with a great grace to uncover iniquities. Deep healing is coming to my house of myrrh. I'm touching pain-filled memories trapped in the hidden corners of your soul. I am sweeping out every crevice and corner. This is the jubilee year of the soul in order to be satisfied and not crushed by the release of my greater glory. Watch me for this one thing. Hold me to my word. I am restoring family life. Ask me even now and I will step in. You will house people eager to surrender, willing to die. Ask me. I will diffuse the essence of that sweet resin in your midst. You will know my intention, my call for surrender, with the wafting fragrance of myrrh. And and I felt like these uh, three paragraphs went together, and and I got the sense that that they shouldn't be broken up. And as we go over uh, the rest of this, and I think we may have one more week uh, of going through this, but um so looking at this remembering those three things what's god doing how am i partnering in action and what does fulfillment look like we could start off right away and you can catch everywhere that god says i am in this thing that's what he's doing he says i'm after my family he goes on and says i am uncovering ties to deception freeing my people those are the things he's doing that's what he's saying right there he's after his family we, we will, some of us will read this and, and I know um, it, it's easy to do. I'm after my family. If you have a family member that is, is one of these, it's talked about later, uh, then it, it's easy to say, ah, you know, this is, this is where I can go after my family. That's, that's not what yours is to do. God is after his family, his collective family. That's what he's saying right here. I am after my family. God is after his family. He is uncovering things within his family. The ties to deception. He is freeing his people. And and right after he says, free my people, you can start to see where fulfillment's at in this. He says to commune deeply. Are Are you seeing the family communing deeply and authentically? Are you seeing great courage come upon them to look beyond the surface? these are the things you can pull out to start to say fulfillment. These are the, this is uh, uh, the communing deeply and authentically. And then there's a great grace that's going to come over uh, his family uh, to look beyond the surface. We we often will look at surface problems and not dig deep to find the root of what is going on uh, behind a behavior or a specific action or a rebellion or disobedience, whatever that thing is. There, need, there is right now uh, a great courage that is going to come on onto us to look deeply below these things. Are you starting to see these things happen around you within God's family, within the church? If not, we need to, to begin to pray about that and, and look at these things because God says right here, that's what he's after. He's after his family. He's uncovering these ties to deception. He's freeing his people. And great courage is going to come upon us to look beyond the surface of, of what's going on. He goes on and says, I'm uncovering bonds, trappings, and vices. The things, think about these things, bonds, that, that those chains that hold you down, uh, things that 
trappings. Uh, uh, when I when I read that trappings, what I think about is uh, an old bear trap. You step in the middle of it, spring it, it clamps up and, and and catches the leg. Right? You could think about how that that trapping would be very painful and and not allow you to do anything. And, and then obviously the vices those things are into. Right after he says he's uncovering those things, he says it's a transparent season. Transparent season is another one of those things where we can talk about looking at uh, fulfillment, right? If if he's uncovering these things, uh, they're going to start to become transparent to us. We're going to start to be able to see them. And, and he's given us courage to look beyond the surface, to be able to look at these things. And, and, and in this transparent season, greatly, uh, or excuse me, look and identify with great courage. Right after he says the transparent season, he says, swallow up your garments. If you remember two weeks ago, we talked about getting into the wardrobe, right? Grabbing your apparel, moving through quickly, not minding uh, uh, any clutter or chaos of the boxes that he's packed up uh, of things to to send back, the, the, the things that he doesn't want in your life. That, and never minding that. So now he's telling you to swallow up these garments because he talked about them. They're the ones that, that fit on the inside, right? That, that speak to, to your character, the, the, um, the identity that he's given you, not, not the identity that, that is presented to the world, but, but what's on the inside, how you relate to him, your heart posture, right? Uh, uh, it goes back to, to what Angie talked about, about being known and not seen. Right. So this is this is the first thing in this this paragraph that he's telling us uh, we can do to partner with this word is to swallow up these garments. We've, we've gone through. We've grabbed them. He, he's he's holding them out, says, here's what I've got for you. Don't mind this other stuff. It's going away. You don't have to worry about it. Don't even bother looking at it. Now, take this thing and swallow it up. Wear it on the inside. He goes on and says, I am bonding my body. He's bringing the body together to strengthen it and not over just anything, but over life abundantly, over great grace, justice, and truth. These are things you should start seeing as he's bringing the body together, as he's, as these things are, are being uncovered, as we are beginning to, to exercise great courage and look at them in this transparent season. These are the things we're going to start to see. We're going to start to see, uh, um, us being bonded over life abundantly, great grace, justice, and truth. And, and I think that last bit is extremely important for us uh, across the world right now, particularly here in the States, uh, because truth uh, and absolute truth and uh, being able to point to truth, being able to point to Jesus is in question right now. This next line is uh, uh, something we're, we're basically commanded to do in, in partnership with this word. Hold the line of conviction, break the back of tolerance, and continue to echo no compromise. If we cannot figure out how to break the back of things that we are tolerating, we're going to have a difficult time with the rest of this. And it is it is going to compromise uh, uh, the 
the bonding that he's wanting to do with his body. There, there is going to be a compromise that's brought in if we are tolerating sin. But we need to we need to exercise this great courage when we're we're looking at things in this transparent season and be able to call sin sin and be able to call good good. It's just something we have to make sure that we are are rightly discerning or uh, rightly judging. So hold the line of conviction, break the back of tolerance, and continue to echo no compromise. We, we have to get there. Uh, and when you think no compromise, think of it as a declarative statement that I'm making or, or that you are making over yourself, that we, we are making over the body. I will not compromise. We will not compromise. And we need to be able to hold each other accountable to that. And this is this is that great courage. It's going to take great courage to look beyond the surface, to be able to hold one another accountable to this command of holding the line of conviction, breaking the back of tolerance, and the saying of no compromise. So it goes on. It says, it is then that I will begin to shape and mold family life like you've never known. Another thing that God is saying is is he is going to be in the shape life uh, uh, family life like we've never known it, it's it's then when we are breaking the back of tolerance and we are echoing no compromise and we are are, are standing in a holy uh, uh, conviction to say we're not going to compromise the body we're not going to compromise oneness we're not going to compromise the bonding that God is doing we are going to look at these things that he's uncovering it's then that he's going to start to shape and mold family life like we've never known i can't even begin to describe what that would look like if i've never known it if we have never known it i can only imagine that it is it is a oneness where uh you know we we have intuition of of what it is someone else is going through and and what need is there so then we can come and get into this next part about uh having no needs among us right we'll, we'll be able to just know if there is is family life like we've never known there has to be some kind of connection there in this uh, bonding that he's doing over these things where it's life abundantly great grace justice and truth there, there. I, I would think there has to be some kind of sense there that that I would intuitively know by the Spirit that that there is a need out there. And, and if I am the one who is is being given this this revelation or this knowledge, then obviously I'm the one who is the solution to this problem, or I, I have the solution, whatever that looks like, and I can begin to partner with with that, that knowledge and, and take action. If one part of the body is compromised, we're all compromised. It, it, it has reverberating effects that go out. It's rippling effects that go out. He goes on and says, you will be known as a phenomenon. As you step into my comments, signs, wonders, and miracles will accompany great grace the measure will be known and no needs among you. None. All of this looking at 
fulfillment. We can point to uh, in these things we're known as a phenomenon. That if we are that connected as a body, we are bonded that tight over over things where uh, we're looking at life abundantly, great grace, justice, truth. We, we start to to uh, break away from a, a requirement or need or reliance on earthly systems because the body is taking care of itself. And, and it's adding more. And so we start to see that this is what we can point to. We can start to be known as a phenomenon as we step into the commons of God, these signs, wonders, miracles, things that uh, as citizens of the kingdom, as part of the body, we should be seeing continually. And they should become common lifestyle to us to be able to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles, they're going to accompany great grace. The measure will be known in, the measure of great grace will be known in no needs among you. None. Very critical thing to be able to pull out. And so he goes on to say, understand what I'm getting at. There won't be any issues of health, wealth, hunger. All will be satisfied. He wanted to emphasize, like, are are you getting this? Listen to what I'm telling you. There won't be any issues of health, wealth, hunger. All will be satisfied. Do we know what that looks like? Can can you point to a time in your life where where there were no needs among you? I, I can't. But I'm excited to see what this looks like in the body, in the church. He says, this is what I'm setting up. Again, what he is setting up. All of these things, this is what he's setting up. And then it jumps right into a reiteration of the command given to us in partnering with this word. Yours is to hold the line of no compromise and continue to feed the fire. Consider the cost. We are to hold this line of no compromise. Do not bring compromise, tolerance, any of that into the church, into the body. That's ours. That's part of what we bring. That's part of how we partner with this word. It's part of how we partner with in oneness with one another is not bringing compromise into the body. And if we recognize that there is, there is uh, courage to, to bring it out so we can look beyond the surface and, and deal with that. Continue to feed the fire. This is uh, um, something that has continually been unfolding in revelation for us over the last couple of months. And I think is going to continue to continue to be revealed to us what all it means to feed the fire, uh, feed right now. The, the, the revelation for us in that is continuing to feed the fire on the altar, making sure that the fire on the altar is continually burning. And in, in that being able to come in as a living sacrifice to say, here I am. All of, of who I am uh, it is yours. And in considering the cost of what that looks like, uh, we know the cost of reputation is going to be one of those big things that, that, that is paid 
excuse me, that's paid with this is we, we have a reputation. And I think the, the, the big question in, in considering the cost of reputation is, is what is your reputation going to be? Is it going to be one of, of being laid out on the altar as a living sacrifice, or is it going to be one that's compromised for the world? And, and bringing compromise into the body and not calling out sin for what it is and not holding the line of conviction. So there's, there's a reputation there regardless. Uh, One is, is uncompromising and one is compromised. So consider the cost of, of what this is going to look like. And I, I think that, in, in considering this cost, it's going to pale in comparison when you look at it side by side with the, the, the price that that Jesus paid on the cross to bring us into this oneness. To be able to hear Holy Spirit releasing this over us and, and telling us this is what God's doing here. This is what he's doing. This is where he's taking us. This is how we can tell what it is he's doing. Here are the actions you can take to partner with him. With that. We wouldn't have been given dominion if he didn't want partnership with us. This, this. So consider the costs of, of what it is that he's asking. It goes on, and and the next thing that that we are commanded to do out of this in partnership is to keep pace. It says you must keep pace. And then he describes what that looks like. It says, think of a wildfire consuming decades of deceptions, insulating weeds. If you've seen a wildfire where underbrush that is dried out has not been cleared, you you can see the speed at which this, this fire uh, grows and moves across the ground. It's very rapid, but it's it's consuming decades of deceptions, insulating weeds, the deceptions that insulate you or attempts to insulate you from truth. Goes on, says the overgrown sentimentality that I didn't author, that God didn't author, the things in your life that that didn't come from Him. It says, this is a blazing fire swallowing up all that doesn't live up to the standard of my righteousness revealed in this day. I think you have to be able to catch right there that the, the standard of righteousness revealed in this day, we are, we are being called back to, to a holiness and to a discipleship that, that looks like something that means something. And is it just pointing to a platform person here on earth? It's it's unto being transfigured to look like Jesus, to be more like him, not to be more like somebody here on earth. So I think that's that is something important that we need to catch is that uh, all of these things, these these decades of insulating weeds that have tried to to keep you from truth and, and and the things that try to keep you from, from Jesus, 
Brad's burning all that up and he's doing so with the speed of a, a, a wildfire. Right after that, he says, keep pace again. This is bracketed by you must keep pace and then keep pace. So this is very important. God is wanting us to, to keep up with what it is he's doing. So there's no time for compromise. The, 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 the holding the line of conviction and echoing no compromise becomes even more important if we are to keep pace with what it is that God's doing. He says, you'll look and see desert life. Right after that, if you are looking around and you're seeing desert life, he says, look again. Look again. This is, this is another place where he is telling us we can partner with this word. If we're seeing desert life, look again. A second glance to see great provision. This is, this is starting to see fulfillment from this. Okay, I'm looking again. Okay, now I'm seeing great provision. Goes into each intentional step of obedience. There's yours partnership again. Intentional steps of obedience. Obedience gets such a a, a bad rap. The word gets such a a, a bad rap because uh, it's it's often manifested in control rather than uh, an invitation. There is an element of control by people who want uh, to be worshipped, for lack of a better term. And so obedience has gotten a bad rep over the, over time. And so each intentional step of obedience that, that you take, your partnership here with what God's doing, you're intentionally stepping out to be obedient with that. And what it is that he's asking you, what it is that he's assigning you. You're taking the intentional steps of obedience within that. And on the backside of that, you will be able to see in fulfillment, leaving a wake of glory, power, and oasis for creative life to flourish. Your intentional steps of obedience leave a wake of glory, power. And it looks like an oasis, oasis for creative life to flourish. I mean, when you think about Peter walking through the streets and his shadow that passes over people and they're healed. That is that is him before that taking intentional steps of obedience and following Jesus. And because of those intentional steps of obedience, he's leaving a wake of glory power an oasis for creative life to flourish. Uh, creative life isn't just about um, creating art or creating something. There is, there is a, a creation of healing, creation of life in, in the healing that's going on in people. So we have to start to, to recognize and be able to pull these things out. It says, you will be consumed with zeal for my house, my way. You will do that. You will be consumed with zeal for my house, with zeal for God's house, with zeal for for his way of doing things, which goes back to that piece of consider the cost. Are you willing to do things God's way? Uh, Very important. You have to be able, or you have to, excuse me, not be able, you have to be willing 
to do things God's way. You may not think you're able, but there is grace, there's strength, there's provision there for you when you step into that. When you say he shows you the assignment, hands it off to you, you say yes, you step out in faith. There's the grace for it right there. So you will be consumed for God's house, his way. Another aspect of partnership here that you can take in action. And then he says, don't fret the mistakes. Another piece of partnership. If you make a mistake, don't don't fret. There, there's going to be mistakes that are made. But there's grace there for it. There will be plenty of those. God's there. He says, I will be with you to turn you around, setting your feet on higher ground. So if you make a mistake, repent. Repentance isn't about guilt or shame. It's about turning to face God and coming up higher. And he's going to do it. He's going to be right there. When you repent, he's going to turn you around. He's going to set your feet on higher ground. Goes on, says, family revival, hearts turn back to me in deep reverence and lasting devotion. Again, this is something he's doing. Hearts turn back to him in deep reverence, lasting devotion. At the same time, you can look for hearts turned back to him in deep reverence, in lasting devotion, as part of fulfillment as well. It's what he's doing. It's what you'll be able to see and recognize. You'll be able to see the difference in the lives of people around you. He says the least of these, the worst off will hear my knocking and let me in. Are you seeing the worst off of of people hearing the knocking of Jesus and letting him in? Now, I've heard stories of where um, people are in in the midst of a, a, a drug house, high on drugs, and are instantly delivered, made sober, pulled out of that place, and and follow Jesus the rest of their days. That's not a, a, a gentle knocking that, that you'll hear and letting him in. That's Jesus kicking the, the, the door down and, and skull dragging somebody out. That does happen. Typically, we're going to see a, a knocking. And there's a response to that of letting him in. So this is this is a, an aspect of, of free will that we're given that we sometimes will forget about. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to come. He's going to present himself to you. He's going to knock. There's going to be various different ways that that's going to happen. But we'll be able to see that in, in these people that he is, is working on with family revival. The, the hearts that he's turning back to him in, in deep reverence and that lasting devotion. We're going to be able to see that in the worst of it. They're going to hear him knock and they're going to let him in. He goes on and says, I am releasing a healing balm over families. Right after that, he's releasing a healing balm over families. Now, this is where we can we can take a step back from that collective perspective and say, okay, for people to be able to focus on assignments, family revival needs to happen. I need hearts turned back to me in, in, in that deep reverence and that lasting devotion. 
there is a healing balm that's coming that he is releasing over families, over the, the worst off of family members. There's a healing balm. And it says, with a great grace to uncover iniquities. So there is a, a switching in, in mid-sentence there from what he's doing to what you're going to see. You're going to see a great grace to uncover iniquities. Going back right up to where we started here with that great courage to look beyond the surface. So not only does that apply to our oneness that we share, it applies to individual families as well. That there is courage to look beyond the surface, to to uncover those things with God, and and, and know that it is there's a grace to do it there, and that that grace that is is again it's not about uh, shame, it's not about. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the word here. Anyways, it's not about highlighting somebody's sin and shaming them over there. There's a grace to uncover this. And and in that, that is the knocking that Jesus is doing that will allow them to have opportunity to open the door to him. It says, deep healing is coming to my house of myrrh. Switches right back to that collective. There's deep healing coming to his house of myrrh. And and when you think about uh, what it means to be a house of myrrh and a place where people come to die, that that fire that is continually burning on the altar where we can come and be a living sacrifice, then you understand that there needs to be a deep healing. When you are laid out on the altar, there is going to be a deep healing that takes place. God goes on and says, I'm touching pain-filled memories trapped in the hidden corners of your soul. I am sweeping out every crevice and corner. This is the jubilee year of the soul to be. Here's where it switches over to what you'll see, satisfied and not crushed by the release of his greater glory. So are we seeing a release of his greater glory? Looking through all of these things, are we seeing these things? I would say yes, that I think we are seeing a release of his greater glory. We're starting to see a call back to holiness. We're starting to see that call to discipleship, to discipline, to obedience. That's going to come with a release of his greater glory. And he doesn't want us to be crushed. He wants us to be satisfied. He wants us to be there, there to be a satisfaction in him where we're not out looking for it somewhere else and bringing compromise back in. It says, watch me for this one thing. Again, the partnership here. Watch him for this one thing. Hold me to my word so you can hold God to his word here. And you can hold him to what he says next. I am restoring family life. Right after that, he says, ask me even now. And switches back and says, I will step in. So watch him for this one thing. Hold him to his word. He is restoring family life. Ask him right now. Excuse me. Ask him right now, and he's going to step in. Switches back and forth right there from how we can partner and what he's doing. 
So if you remember, we've talked about partnerships so many times, and it is about what each person, or, or in this case, what God and what you are, are bringing to the partnership. It's not a partnership where one, one side does everything, and the other side provides nothing, and is just there taking, 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 taking. That's not partnership. Right? That's support. You're being supported by the one doing everything. There's partnership here in this in this this one sentence. It's going back. God's going back and forth of what the partnership could look like. And our our part of the partnership's pretty easy. We we watch, we we hold accountable God to His word. Hold me to my word. That's accountability. He says He's restoring family life. Ask Him now, and He'll step in. We're watching. Holding him accountable and asking. It's three pretty simple things there that uh, he's giving us as partnership to do here. The next sentence he says, ask me. I will diffuse the essence of that sweet resin in your midst. That, that sweet resin of, of the greater glory that he's released. Of, of family revival. And, it, and this paragraph ends with. You will know my intention, my call for surrender, the wafting fragrance of myrrh. This is this is the part where you're going to start to see it. You will know his intention. You will you will have it revealed to you. His call for surrender uh, with the wafting fragrance of myrrh. I, I have to think that you're going to actually be able to to smell the fragrance of myrrh as an indication of of what it is he's doing as an indication that you have just received a, a revelation of his intention familiarize yourself with what myrrh smells like so that way when you do smell it in your time of prayer or in your time of of conversation uh, in your times of intentional obedience in your times of holding the line of conviction breaking the back of tolerance echoing that cry of no compromise and, and considering the cost when you smell this fragrance you'll know you will know I I would recommend getting into the book of Haggai. It's two short chapters there. And in the first chapter, uh, there is, I think twice where God says, uh, consider your ways. And this is given to the people in response to uh, not building his house, not having a zeal for his house, for it a place for God to dwell among them where they were first considered considering their own houses. They weren't, weren't considering what it looked like to, to come together as one in, in our, our case on this side of the cross, we have a God who dwells in us, we have Holy spirit who dwells in us. And so when we come together, we're just building that temple bigger, we're just building it, it, it 
in, in a greater capacity and making it stronger. And so we're considering our ways there. Get in the book of Haggai this week. Read that. Start pulling that out. Also, uh, Acts 4, uh, verses 32 to 35. This is, this is just giving illustration of what it looks like to have no needs among them. Where everything is taken care of. And we will be able to see that we'll have no needs among us. No needs among us. Amongst us. There won't be any issues of health, wealth, hunger. We'll all be satisfied. (laughs) I long for the day where we are all satisfied. That's going to be so exciting to, to see. So yeah, get in the book of Haggai. Also Acts 4, 32 to 35. Have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. See what, he's, see what he's pulling out for you. What else, when you read through this, is he pulling out for you to partner with this word in action? To be able to step out. I know here locally, this week, we're doing a Bible study on Wednesday night. That's, that's going to be part of, of partnering with this word. Because we are our not going to to compromise our zeal for his house, for his way. We want to be able to get into scripture and understand what God's way is and do things his way. That's just another another means of partnership. So have that conversation. What does that look like? What is it he's uncovering in terms of deception that you can bring out into the open because deception loses power when it's brought out into the light. It doesn't get to to say that, oh, that truth over there isn't real. Look at this over here and we'll call that truth, even though it's not. What's Holy Spirit telling you? All right. I think that's it. Love you all. Have a great week.